0: Welcome to the new episode of Starting Your Own Coffee Shop. I am Jerry Stolani, the founder of Café Chocolat in downtown D.C. I had no experience when I started four years ago, and if I can do it, you can too. Tune in. Welcome, friends, to our episode number 13 of Ristretto Time, Starting and Running Your Own Coffee Shop in this episode I bring along my good friend Alex Escobar of uh, Cervantes coffee uh, Cervantes coffee roasters in uh, Virginia uh, Alex has been in the roasting industry for over 10 years and he is a wealth of information so I think um, if you're looking to get into roasting coffee or if you're interested in figuring out how it works and if you're interested in Let's say you're a coffee shop owner and trying to figure out what is it the coffee roasters are looking for. In good partnerships, you are going to be very happy about the conversations that we've had here. Like I said, Alex is a wealth of information. Uh, Cervantes Coffee Roasters continuously participates in all kinds of roasting competitions uh, nationally, internationally. And they have won uh, several awards. So I did work with him um, in the past at uh, Café Chocolat, and uh, it was a great partnership, so it was a natural thing for me to bring him in the conversation here. Um, if you have any further questions, or if you are interested in getting getting some more information on specific topics, please go to RistrettoTime.com um, and either use the contact form and just send in a question there, or any of the blog posts about specific episodes, uh, you can just write a comment there and uh, we'll check it out. I'll check it out Um, and then uh, talk about it in future episodes or just uh, bring it up. So without further ado, um, I'm going to jump into my conversation with Alex. Alex, I'm just going to let you introduce yourself real quick and
1: then um, I'll start barraging you with questions. Thanks, uh, Georgie, and um, a pleasure to be with you today my name is Alex Escobar. My wife and I uh run a coffee shop and coffee roastery out of Springfield, Virginia. Um and so we're excited to share any of our experiences with you all today.
0: Now, I I got to tell you um so I I used uh Cervantes at the uh coffee shop as well and I had um a few customers that were Loyal Cervantes uh, consumers, and every time they came in for their cortados, they asked for Cervantes, um, which was which was great. Now I also noticed uh, that uh, three whistles in Arlington or, or Clarendon um, actually carry Cervantes. So <laughs> so yes. so I asked um, the guy there um, who was selling there. I was like, "Hey, can I buy one of the big wholesale bags?" And he's like, "We don't we don't do that." I'm like, come on, man, I'll, I'll give you some money right now. Let me get that Peru bag. Uh, <laughs> and then he just kind of thought about it a little bit. And he's like, all right. And I was like, all right, how much do you want for it? <laughs> you know? So I walked out with like a, a five-pound bag of Peru coffee, uh, which is fantastic because uh, my mom was looking for some Peruvian coffee. Um, now,
1: is that the Peruvian uh, blend? Is that that's new? Um. Well, not necessarily. We, we've been uh, working with that Peruvian origin for some time. Um, we don't like to call it a blend because it's a, it's a single origin. Well, and, yeah. and that's one of the things that um, started us off was to explore single origin coffees. And so that coffee in particular that is served there is from the northern part of Peru called uh, Cajamarca.
0: Nice. So that leads me into uh, uh, to the question. How did Cervantes get started?
1: Yeah, so my wife is from Bolivia, and uh, I am from Peru. Uh, These are two really good origins for coffee. Um, We were somewhat familiar with the origin side. We worked with farmers on other um, non-coffee-related projects and initiatives and businesses when we lived there. Um, So when we got here, we always thought it would be cool to start a coffee shop, open a coffee shop. Um, But more so than that, we thought, Why don't we bring some coffee from these two countries? And so we started bringing small amounts of green coffee from Bolivia and Peru, uh, which we would naturally go on vacations or to visit family or some work related. Um, And that's how we started. We started bringing very small amounts of coffee from Peru and Bolivia, roasting them at our house. Uh, We got a small roaster and it was just an incredible experience to, you know, to get that aroma and the feeling of of your own roasted coffee at home. So that's how we started. Now, did you start the the shop first, and then you started roasting,
0: or was that just like from the get-go? You said I'm gonna start a a, a coffee shop
1: with a roastery. <laughs> That's a good question. So we actually then discovered that um, we really didn't wanna spend a lot of time on a coffee shop. Uh, obviously, a coffee shop is a very hands-on, as you know, yeah. Yergi, um, very hands-on, very involved. Um, you know, oftentimes 24 seven have to be there. So we were not really ready for that as um as we were caught with our uh, children and other work-related things. So we started roasting mainly at home uh, for friends and family. And so we wanted to stick with roasting um instead of a coffee shop. Eventually we did move into a roasting facility that had a small space for selling coffee. Um, and that really remains to this day the only like uh, outlet, small outlet for us to sell uh, espressos and lattes and so forth. But our, the, our biggest, um, our, our most biggest effort in the business and the main business is the roasting for selling. Gotcha. And when, when did you start? Like how long ago? So that so yeah. So we started experimenting with coffee in 2011 okay. at our home. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then we actually made the move to, you know, produce more, uh, for commercial, like two years later, uh, 2013. We we actually moved to the new space in 2015, I believe. So that actually about five years ago that we moved into a location where we could actually produce for commercials. So, you know, there was a lot of years there that we were kind of experimenting at home, doing from home. Um, it, this wasn't a full-time thing. So uh, when we saw that we started growing enough, then that's when we decided to move to our, our current location, which is in Springfield.
0: Yeah. So when, you know, kind of thinking back of when you started, right? When you when you started um kind of the roastery and you started looking for a location and, and things like that. So what was in your mind like the hardest part of that of starting up?
1: That's a very good question. Um I guess the the hardest part was you know venturing into a business that we didn't know much about. Um is so distribution, um manufacturing and processing and keeping inventory, all these things were new to us. So um, we were, that was the hardest part to understand how these things had an impact on our, on our cash, uh, our cash position. We did not want to, you know, um, put all of our savings into the business. So we wanted, we were careful about our cash outlays. Um, And so understanding that part of the business was, was perhaps the hardest part. One, one,
0: thing that um I, I guess we have in common here, you know, this, this was completely new to me as well. Like this world yeah. of just going yeah. into and doing coffee and, and a lot of the stuff that I started adding to the shop was just cause it kind of made sense while you were yeah. there, you know, you're like, Oh, this makes sense to have this one. Oh yeah. It makes sense to actually have this other thing in there too. Right. So it wasn't yeah. something that you, that I had planned out going, this is what it's going to be like. This is what you're going to have and and stuff like that. But, um, you know, um, now that you've done both sides, right, meaning like the roasting part and you also have the retail uh, uh, side of it as well. Do you think you'll expand in other locations and, and kind of do the same concept or, or do you think it's easier to just kind of stick with the roastery, have, um, have what you currently have at your facility as a, as a showpiece, like a, a, a showcasing your product?
1: Uh, do you think you'll ever get into retail
0: or what's, what's that, your
1: what's your No, thinking? good point. And we really enjoy the roasting side of things, um, and and we've we've wondered about the retail, which is a little more engaged and, and perhaps I think a little more demanding on our time, and um, so we're not very really excited about opening new retail locations. It's not it's not in our radar right now uh, to open new retail. Um, the, it is it is to continue expanding our wholesale that that has continue to be of interest to us and but also has been growing in kind of an organic manner um and so that side of things continues to be of, of of interest to us we we enjoy it more so you know a lot of it is here guys you probably know is is what fulfills you what what really wants you know, you know we, we could go either direction we could go a different direction too um people, some people enjoy the retail some people really enjoy the the social aspects of, of right of, of meeting people and people coming to your shop and enjoying your your coffee, that's, that's also very important. Um, but, you know, we've, we've uh, even with the staff that we have in our, our main roasters and and the people who work with us, you know, we seem to find a niche and enjoying what we do. And that is um, uh, roasting and distributing and selling and shipping coffee um, th- throughout the, this region and, and some parts of the U.S. too. So uh, we're going to continue with that. If it grows, we'll probably grow organically in that direction. Um, and uh, so that's, that's kind of our you know, our, our take and, and, and it's not necessarily what everybody else does, but yeah. Yeah. Now I, I know that
0: you uh, participate in a lot of uh, roasting competitions. and I know you've won uh, a few of them. Do you think that helps in terms of consumer acquisition, like customer acquisition, you know, like you're on the roaster side, or is it something that you, you know, it's, it's more of a moral victory rather than uh
1: than a, you know,
0: kind of like does yeah. does it have the business returns basically
1: um, well no i think it, i think it does uh Gerga, i think um it's not a direct it's not a direct um a, you know consequence of of participating but in the process of participating in to, and entering into competitions um really makes you the whole process makes you think carefully what is it that you're focusing on and so where is where mm-hmm. is the quality points that you want to that you want to deal with, and and who else is also a kind of competing or working towards that quality. So, in the process of entering a competition, in the case that we did, we entered the cold brew competition um, here in the Northeast, and yeah. um, so we we didn't enter immediately. We worked for four years with our cold brew blends and our cold brew work and, until, oh, we okay. until we felt comfortable. Until we felt comfortable that we had a product that was good, and and so we entered, and it was fascinating to see others who had, you know, very similar experiences and seeing and having an opportunity to talk to them and see yeah. what, they're, what they're, so that, that part of the competition helped us as a business, um, but I can't tell you, you know, oh, well, with this, we gained, you know, a, a 30% yeah, yeah, increase yeah. in our, yeah. in our foot traffic. No, that's yeah. not necessarily, uh, but it did give you, it gave us, um, it, it, strength, it strengthened our systems in, in our production systems into understanding where the quality points were and where we should focus our work.
0: Yeah. So a uh, quick question on, you know, since we're talking about this, this customer acquisition part of, of the process, right? So when I started out, I didn't know much about coffee. I think the first espresso I made was when they brought the Marzocco at the store and they said, you know how to use this. Um, and so, so this, this part of choosing a roaster for me, it was just extremely foreign. It was, it was very complicated in my mind and I just decided to go for brand, right? I said, listen, I'll I'll just go for brand. I'll have these guys take care of it. Everybody knows this brand. You know, let's just Mm -hmm. go this way. What, from your experience, you know, being on the roasting side, right, what should um, new coffee shop owners look for in in a roaster, in in basically finding a good roasting partner?
1: Well, I think – I think part of your, your own decision-making was correct. In other words, you want a brand because the brand probably stands for something. Um, and so it could stand for a number of things. It could stand for quality. It could stand for service. It could stand for recognition. You know, not necessarily all of them at the same time. But uh, right. so it depends what you want to achieve. Um, eh, but I think the the brand part is important. And but it also has to do with what you want to accomplish with your own shop. So, if in your shop you're you know, if in your shop is a, a is is going to be like 50% food and 50% coffee, and then you may want to weigh really strongly on your decision as to the roaster, uh, particularly because you're going to need. Um, not just the coffee, but all the service that comes around the coffee, be it the understanding of the equipment, the support of the equipment that you have that you're using, the training of your of your baristas. Um but if you're seventy percent food and thirty percent coffee, you know, perhaps that's not precisely your 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 need and you just want something you just want uh you know a, a consistent delivery of the coffee to your shop and that's what's that's what's more of important for you so it depends the each coffee shop or bakery or restaurant has you know has their own unique takes and but i think it is important that in number one um uh, this is one of the things i discovered when i first entered this field is um i visited many coffee shops and i visited many restaurants and i visited some shops who had who who were buying uh, uh, as i know very high quality coffee um, but the process in which they were serving it, and the servers were serving it very poorly, and so unfortunately, yeah. you know, you can you can have a very expensive brand, but then if your barista of your server doesn't know what he's doing, you're gonna, you know, that's gonna turn off your your customer. If mm. if the customer is walking in, you know, it, without expectation, if the expectation of the customer walking in is no, I, I want to get this, you know, this this is a bakery that has an awesome, and I'm expecting this complemented by some coffee perhaps that's not the case but so so you really want to target a, a complete package a roaster that's going to provide that training that support um you know when the questions mm. when the questions are there you you can be right there to answer them and more and more and yeah. um, more and more in this in, the, in this um, context that we are i've discovered that local and that's where local means a lot. In other words, it's not so much that you're buying locally, it's that you get the support local um, and you're not relying on a corporation that's somewhere you know, in some other state and they're answering questions over a phone, but you're actually dealing with people who come into your shop and trying to understand what your problems are, what your challenges are. And we've discovered that that kind of service um, is very important for our customers that you know when they have a they have an issue, we're there the next day or the same day sometimes, and so we can do that in the, um, in, yeah. in this area, right?
0: Yeah. Is there so when you're thinking of Cervantes, you know, as a brand, as a roastery, is there like an ideal business customer that you have in mind when
1: you choose who to work with or not? That no, that's a very good question. Um, so we usually, or or people seek us out because of the things that I just listed. Uh, the fact that yeah. we're local, the fact that we quickly know what we're talking about uh, through experience, um, we understand what the pain points are for, for a starting coffee shop or for a new restaurant or for an existing restaurant that's transitioning over to uh they want to you know up up their game on on co- on their coffee program, and so you definitely want to. I, I try to, you know, reach out to those and work with those that are have similar philosophy and they have a strong um, they have a strong commitment to quality and service and they value those things. So um, I, I think that that's that's where I that's where we see eye to eye with potential customers.
0: Mm. Um, and do you I mean, I, I know, obviously, you're you're
1: very regional, but uh, do you have do you distribute nationally? We do. We 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 distribute around the East Coast down to Florida, um, and where we've made some strong um some some strong um uh, uh relationships in Florida and we've been able to maintain that. Um and then you know along the Maryland, DC, Virginia, North Carolina, right. this, this area here we've we've been able to set a footprint uh where we feel we have enough uh capacity to respond, uh where we have capacity to provide the services. Um, that, that are required from us. So in as much as we can do that, that's, that's, that's probably as far as we're going to be looking at in the near future.
0: Now with COVID and with everybody just kind of shopping online,
1: is that an area you've capitalized on or you want to capitalize on? Yeah, definitely. We, we definitely saw an increase um, after COVID uh, when many of our wholesale customers, um, you know, uh, suffered tremendous um, setbacks from COVID. And we saw a surge in in demand from our online uh, store and as well as the supermarkets where we sell. And so it was an interesting balance uh, to see how that to see that play out, how how in in the weeks after the the first issues of COVID came, um, you know, to see how that that kind of transpired and and we were challenged to quickly react to that because um, we were mainly focused on mm-hmm. on the restaurants and cafes and then all of a sudden uh, we our, our demand at the supermarket level grew significantly and online as well we had to implement systems uh, to be much more efficient on the online ordering system so we had to quickly adapt if we were going to take advantage of that uh, of that trend which hasn't stopped actually it continues to be Uh, a very important now segment for us is all the online, online stuff. And so along with that, you know, we've tried to offer other online services like trainings online and, and, uh, cuppings online that, that people are interested in now. So we've, we've all basically changed what we used to do. Um, and I think to the degree that we can continue to adapt, um, because it's still very uncertain the the way things are going to be on the retail side, um, we want to be able to continue to adapt, so that's why it kind of also made us decide not to really expand onto the retail, um, perhaps because we're we are very uncertain too as to what what you know what's ahead in, in the next uh, months and years.
0: So, what do you think? I mean, with all of these shops and and obviously you know coffee shops and restaurants have been the hardest hit, right? Um, in this type of uh, situation we're in, um, what do you think the 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 coffee retail market is going to look like a year and a half, two years from now? Or what do you, what do
1: you expect it to look like? It's hard to tell. I think, um, you know, I think some of these big brands um, have the capacity to adapt very fast, um, negotiate, uh, mm. negotiate leases, um, things that, yeah. things that smaller companies like ours are you know can't do but uh, so i think there's going to be a resurgence of of and an adaptation of some of the larger brands and um, to adapt and to uh for takeout starbucks has been really good at that they've been they've quickly adapted their stores for for takeout and and delivery and all that that yeah. will probably continue i think um and and so to the degree that many of the medium-sized Companies can adapt to that. That's probably gonna. That's that's probably gonna be a trend that continues. Now, obviously, there was a big segment in the office, the office um, uh, coffee consumers, and that has definitely that's definitely gonna flatten out, if not you know take a dive because. Um, Uh, recently you would have seen these offices uh, getting into really high level coffee, you know, uh, getting equipment, espresso equipment for their their office and, you know, cold brew and all this stuff. And that, you know, that's really hard to say which, which way it's going to go. And, 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 but probably not, it's probably not going to be the growth that was, you know, expected. Um, The hospital, the hospitality industry too, has taken a big hit. That's where some of the other large brands, um, uh, some of the large roasters had 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 significant entries into the the hotels, the restaurants. Uh, that's another area that's going to be impacted. Uh, so so it's hard to tell. Yeah. And Yet at the same time, you know, people are going to continue to drink coffee. It's not like they're going to stop. So so I right. think online will continue to grow. I think groceries will continue to grow. And c- coffee shops are going to have to adapt um, and and become very efficient at their uh, uh, with limited seating, I think that's also going to, you know, that's, there's no going back, I think, on that. No. So, so yeah, it's, it's hard. Yeah. To, those are, those are my yeah. thoughts. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, I, you're, you're a hundred percent right on. I mean, the, the, what basically made, made me, you know, kind of decide final decision is we have to shut the, the store down permanently is, you know, the, the building has literally been closed yeah. for a year. Yeah. Forget, yeah. forget my yeah. shop i mean the building where literally a thousand people work uh has been empty for for a year and and those people are most of them are not coming back like i talked to some of the some of the some of the people that own businesses in the in the floors above and there's no reason for them to kind of be back full staff like they used to before yeah. one of the interesting things that i've seen you know especially with especially like if you're a coffee shop in the downtown area, one of the interesting things that I've seen and and the, the way corporates are actually dealing with the fact that people have now been working remotely for a year working from home is if before, for example, the perk to work at some at some company was you would get gym passes. Now you actually get like you know uh a petco card so you can you know <laughs> take care of your pet at home because everybody's got a dog at yeah. home now so like the the even the benefits are like you know a $100 shopping thing you know where you can buy your groceries online so they can come uh directly to your house so even the types of perks that people are getting now are more targeted to you staying at home and working remotely than being at a at a at a at a location yeah. right at a at a central location and then I think it's also the death of the of the commute. So like if you were uh, a, a coffee shop in some highway where you always had a line because people had to commute to whatever their, their place is, that's, that's, right. Right. that's yeah. gonna <laughs> definitely take a yeah. dive. Uh, but I think I agree with you, um, y- you know, that, that, that in the future people will have to kind of coffee shops have to be smarter, but I think there's definitely, there's two things that, that in my mind, right. And, and, uh, you know, I want to hear how you feel about this. In my mind, you know, there's, there's the, 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 the coffee consumption business is stratified into two areas. One, um, whatever can be done through retail is now online. You can go to Amazon, you can buy anything you want, any type of origin coffee, you know, yeah. it doesn't matter how special it is. You can just go to one of these central websites, big um, shopping websites and get it. Uh, but one thing that I think people will come back for is experiential, uh, uh, services. Right. So when I think of, uh, when I was at, at, at your roastery and I had, uh, that cup, yeah. I mean, to me, that was an amazing experience, yeah. you know, it was, and, and, you know, and I came in with Derek and, and his girlfriend, right. Like, uh, the barista yeah. there. And like, even for, for my wife and, and his uh, girlfriend was like, an amazing experience, and they—they're not in the coffee business. They don't understand it. They—they they probably had no idea what they were doing when they were trying the—the the coffee over there, right? But yeah, uh, I feel like I feel like that is going to be, yes, where you're going to make more bang for the buck, right? You—you you can charge for group cuppings, like ten people. Right. You can kind of almost like reserve the roastery for five hours for yourself kind of thing and throw, I don't know, a birthday party or whatever. Yeah. Um, I feel like those types of things is is where people will pay a lot more money yes, for. That's a good right? point.
1: That's a good point, I think. And what you're basically talking about is a diversification of your offering, uh, you know, offering other things besides just the cup of coffee or the espresso, uh, but other things that you can experiment with or, uh, like you said, so um, definitely making better use of your lease space, uh, you know, because now yeah. um, you're probably so. So it's all about it's all it's all it's all it's all about cash flow, right? What uh, what what used to be the breakdown of your income, you're gonna have to assess and see what other ways, uh, be it, um, it like you said, providing experiences on on coffee training or cupping those kind of things. But then again you know, we've had to cancel all our copies because you definitely, you know, you can't share.
0: Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you can't do that anymore. Yeah, but I'm, I'm talking uh, about, you know, a year and a half down the road when you have a lot more people kind of, you know, yeah. vaccinated. And I know some people... Some people are saying that there's going to be a point where you won't be able to walk into a restaurant without showing your vaccination yeah. ID yeah. You exactly. know I mean? or, or something <laughs> like that. And I, I hope we never get to that point. But but if we do, at yeah. least, you know, uh, so you, you and, and and I mean, the other thing is, uh, you know, I'm, I'm in I'm in the Navy yard area right now. And I'm telling you, those restaurants no, never yeah. stop. Yeah. I mean, everybody's outside and it's minus 16 degrees and everybody is just. You know, huddled up and still filling up the chairs. You know, yes.
1: And I was reading about um, uh, I was reading an article about the coffee scene in London, and and the 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 analysis there was that a lot of people now staying home are going to look for coffee shops near their home. Um, so perhaps you know, even if it's just to get away from your desk at the house, uh, you're going to try to go find a coffee. So, so the location of of the places may switch around you know maybe the suburbs will become a little more attractive for coffee shops now um so that scene understanding how that's going to play out in terms of like you said there's no longer going to be a long commute but what does that mean then people want to people want to still want to go to a coffee shop so the coffee shops just may be set up differently or they may buy they may be mobile um you know there's different uh, I, i think there's still I, I'm very optimistic. I'm still, I still think there's very much opportunities out there um, because people will never stop drinking coffee. So it's, 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 how you get it to them. Do you think,
0: do you think, and again, I mean, I, I don't want to get into, you know, your business strategy. I'm sure you got it all buttoned down, but do you think there's value um, into you providing almost like, starter kits like like from from a vertical integration standpoint right almost like starter kits right like you know start your own coffee cart with Cervantes and then you you literally sell all of the pieces like we'll sell you the bike we'll sell you the the little espresso maker that goes in the bike and we'll sell you this and literally like a turnkey operation you know we'll provide you the coffee like what do you what do you think about that is that did, did I just stumble into a business I think, opportunity? No, no, I think
1: so. <laughs> I, th- I think there's a, I think I, like I said, I'm very optimistic. I think there's, I think there's many opportunities um, that are, that are going to be transparent. That may be one of them. Um, you know, I think, um, I think the counties where, you know, the places where you, the, the counties are also thinking, you know, the whole licensing process, they're going to, I know Fairfax County has been, working for some time now and trying to be a little more flexible on some issues regarding opening uh, roasteries and, and bakeries and that, you know, so not to, so not to, you know, like overburden startups with all these legislations that you need to go through to st- you know, to open a small business. Um, so, so I think right. on the one hand, you're going to have, you know, those kind of things happening where government and licensing has to rethink and, and and support and and really support uh, small businesses, um, and and not just tax them. And, and then at the same time, there's going to be there's going to be a fluctuation in the way people um, move around. And and so, um, uh, you know, I think I think there are opportunities in in, in many different directions. But it but it, it's very hard to say, you know, well, this is what I'm going to focus on. This is what I'm going to you know try to try to kind of take that market. But there are because there are so many, so many opportunities too. You know, when the when the Keurig when the Keurig machine came out, um, you know, a lot of roasters went into the Keurig. Uh, you know, they just said, "Oh, this is the future. I'm gonna I'm gonna focus on on making these pods available to consumers." And and you know, if that's your business strategy and that's what the way you want to do things, that mm-hmm. you know, there's definitely an opportunity there. Um, so so opportunities mm-hmm. arise, and and but it really is. Um, it's it's really hard to right now. It's a really hard moment to think because I think things are changing as we speak, and and they will continue to change in the next year. Um, so you know, I, I think if you're growing in a, if you're growing in a segment in which you are already well positioned, you know, <laughs> go for it and and continue expanding. Yeah. Um, but there are opportunities. I would say yeah. there are definitely opportunities to look at um, at these uh, different market segments. Um, uh, so so yeah yeah. I think, yeah. for example, you know, one area I think too cool. that will continue to grow is is people are going to want to make their own espresso at home. So, I think um, you know, if they mm-hmm. if they've owned a Keurig machine, now they're going to be thinking, "Hmm, I want to up my game. You know, I want to spend like a thousand dollars on an espresso machine and maybe just have my espresso here at home." You know, who knows? That that may be another you know another segment that we haven't thought about either, and and how that's how how that's going to play out. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, um I, that's that's
0: I, I think I think uh that would probably be an interesting thing to look at. Like the number of um home espresso machines sold in the past (laughs) three years you know and just kind of look at the trajectory there but because i know firsthand i know a bunch of people that literally went out and bought their own espresso machines you know from like five hundred dollar breville to like (laughs) two thousand dollar you know uh l'aquila or whatever so one of those small custom italian ones but one of the 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 problem that i've had you know trying a lot of these uh, small espresso machines is just it doesn't matter how you calibrate them just the coffee just yeah. does not come yeah. out right you know um and and it makes you almost like crave going yeah. to a coffee yeah. shop and getting a good exactly. cup of espresso exactly uh so 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 at my house i i use an espresso just because it just tastes different and it always tastes the same way and it never you know um and then if I want an espresso, I just go to like some place where I they yeah. have a good espresso. Um, but how do you decide what gaps do you have in your product
1: line, and and that needs to be filled? Yeah, yeah, no, um, does that make sense? Well, when, when 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 we started early on in the in the business, that was um, you know, that was a little bit the way we went. We we st- we wanted to you know, to come up with something. And and so we we came up with different origins, uh, roast levels. um, But over time, you discover that, that, um, you know, you you can't have too wide a variety. Otherwise it becomes costly to maintain and and perhaps the uptake of the product is not there. Um, So over the time, um, uh, you learn to understand your customers kind of preferences and you, So you try to develop products that are going to sell uh, and that are going to be of, of, the, of the appetite of your customers. So, uh, you know, one thing that, that Cervantes has done and has stuck to is, is we don't do dark roasts. Um, you know, occasionally we get somebody who asks mm. and we'll occasionally if we over roast a coffee, we'll, you know, we'll have some buyers for it. But in um, you know that's just not the market we're after, and and so we've cultivated customers. And and when we approach wholesalers, we tell them, "Look, you, I want you to understand early on, we don't do dark roles. So if your customers, if your customers are used to and want and are gonna are gonna demand from you a darker roles, then perhaps you know we're not, you know we're that's not our game, and perhaps we may not be a good fit." Um, and so that whole yeah. the whole idea of Dark roasts. Um, you know, I've seen some roasters who have had to eventually give up and say, "Well, okay, I, I started as a medium dark, medium roaster. Now I'm going to do dark roast again." I mean, so you want to? So, if we come out with a new product or a new origin, it it's you know we try to cater to to some of the uh, interest of of our customers, both the wholesale and the people who walk in. So occasionally we will try a new a new origin, mm-hmm. a kind of a unique one. Um, And but before we really launch it, we we do a lot of testing with 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 some of our peers and and people who we think understand uh, the potential for these for these products. But, you know, so we've so we've actually um, we have um, a number of coffees that we have continued ever since we opened and we continue with them. Um, So that's kind of how we we go about with with that.
0: Mm. I think the hardest thing to do is trying to figure out exactly you know how to launch new products and what is it that the market is looking for and you know sometimes what from my experience what i thought people were going to buy they didn't and what i thought they weren't gonna like they did you know so (laughs) so it's just it was like wow it it makes you really doubt what you know you know um all right well this this has been uh super nice super fantastic i have a one uh, last question for you: um, What advice would you give to people starting out
1: in the business? I think <laughs> after doing it for ten yeah, years. Yeah, no, now, I right? think um, um, you know, from my perspective, um, we're we're fortunate to live in in, in, in this country where you know it's, it's, it's such a big market. There's so many opportunities here, and um, yeah. and and um, and and the consumer. And the consumer here is, is, um, I would say, is more open uh, than at least the Spanish consumer that I'm aware of to try things. They, they, you know, or they've gone. They're in different phases of their life, so, so they're open to trying different things. Um, and if you sell a good, consistent product, um, that there will be always, I think, there will be people who, who buy it. So one of the things is to understand carefully the market that you want to. You know you want to address so um and and you know w- when when we started i visited just about every coffee shop in my, in the in the 20 mile radius around here i, I try to understand what people like what yeah. what they don't or what was repetitive or what was unique or you know i, I can't claim i brought a unique product because other other coffee shops here and roasters but right i i try to understand where i'm at uh where where i'm located and um, who are the um, people who frequent this area or, or their standards. And so, um, and if I can cater a product to that, to that segment, then, then, you know, there's, there's a lot of opportunities. Um, and, uh, and, and even so, even since we've started, there's other roasters who have also started around here. Some of them done well, others have closed, but I think there's opportunities um in 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 it, but you just need to understand the segment that you want to really cater to in the market um uh, and and from the beginning try to have a philosophy as to this is the way I want I want to go I'd be willing to adapt but at least mm. have a philosophy I think um you know one thing I really appreciated from your shop uh, Gary was always that focus that you had on on the on the key products that you had the the cocoa the chocolate that focus on on single origin and, and quality um, and you know, so, um, those, those are the things that mm. yeah, I think that's why we partner so well is that because you, you're committed to, uh, you're committed to, uh, a, uh, a, a product that, that, uh, and, and so as long as you understand your product and, uh, you can, you can sell it, then that's, um, that's where it's at, I think.
0: Yeah, no, thank you. Thank you. I want, I, the philosophy of the of the shop was, you know, exactly. not to exactly. do too much, right? Uh, I mean, I think the fastest way to fail is to try to please everybody. And 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 I, I've talked about this in a previous episode where I, you know, like I only focused on two things. Like I didn't bother my staff with details. I just wanted two things to be perfect. The espresso uh-huh. had to be always on point, and the hot chocolate has to be always on point. And I really didn't care about whether the latte had art in it or other yeah. any of these other. Yeah you know things to you know because to me that didn't necessarily people who come in because they want to see a heart on top of a coffee they don't care about the coffee (laughs) you know um and they'll go they'll go to the next shop that does better designs you know and it's like you know i'm not this is not an art gallery this is a coffee shop you know what i mean So, so that was the the concept there. Okay. Um, Great. So um, if people want to get in touch uh, with you, want to learn more about Cervantes, uh, Uh, where where do they go?
1: Alex, at Cervantescoffee.com. Shoot me an email. Uh, They can also get in touch with you. Obviously you, you got my contact, but um, the email is is probably the best and uh, visit our website at Cervantescoffee.com. You'll, you'll get all the information you need there awesome
0: all right well thank you very very much alex thank you uh uh, super fantastic and i'm and i'm hoping we can do this again on on all right some specific
1: topics good talking to you okay
0: well here we are at the end of this episode i've had a lot of fun uh keep an eye out for future episodes i will be bringing in Uh, some people with some deep knowledge in various areas of running and owning a coffee shop or a coffee business. Um, So we'll give you guys chances to ask questions um, or even get live on one of our episodes as well. So until then, have a good rest of the day.